This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Today's show is from October the 6th, 2010. First segment, creator of the Fast Eddie line of cookers, Mr. Fast Eddie Morin. The second segment, Larry Hill, the original founder of PelletHeads.com. While Larry is no longer with us, history is going to show Larry as a significant contributor to the world of backyard grilling and barbecue, as well as the competition world itself. Let's get to it. Here is Greg with his guests from October the 6th, 2010. So let's go ahead and race over to the hotline. The creator of the FE line of cookers, pitmaster of Fast Eddie's Barbecue, friend of the show, Ed Morin, joining us. Eddie, what's up, buddy? Hey, Greg. Great to be with you tonight. Things sounding pretty good after the American Royal, huh? Well, uh, it's it's always good to have the winners of each portion of that competition jump right on the show and talk about it. And from all accounts, I mean, I've talked with Mike Davis over the years, and he really seems, unless I'm completely snowed, Eddie, you would probably see him a lot more than me, obviously. I mean, he's he really one of the good guys in barbecue? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mike definitely is, you know. <laughs> He uh, he's 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 a barbecue man, clear to the bone. Anybody that runs up and down the highway and goes cooks as much as he does, um, you know, it's 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 amazing that uh, people are out there doing this and and doing what they love for a living. Now, I was talking to him this uh, last hour, and you know, he's made a, a pit change. He's switched out of that Jamie Gear pit that Johnny Trigg had. You know, a long time ago, and of course, uh, between the two of them, they probably got 50 billion grand championships sitting on that pit, but he's decided to go to the Yoder's pit. Have you ever seen, you know, teams that have had a lot of success with a pit just go ahead and make a wholesale change like that? What do you think about that? Oh, I think he probably made a change for the better. I mean, I think once he got on that Yoder pit, I think his, his, uh, I've been kind of watching the scores out there, and I think he's improved, actually. You know, he's working less. Uh, he said himself that, you know, he's burning about half the amount of fuel, and it's that much more efficient. And um, Mike is – I think his scores have have improved. If you if you look when he finally went onto that Yoder full-time, I think you're going to – if you go back and track his – what he's done, I think you've seen – there's a great improvement in him. He said an interesting comment last hour was the fact that he, he thought – the Yoder was almost like a pellet cooker. And I've heard this now almost recurring more and more as I talk with the pitmasters. There seems to be this wanting to get something that's producing a flavor profile like a pellet cooker or functioning and as efficient as a pellet cooker. What do you make of all this? I, I'm loving it, as you can imagine. <laughs> I mean, man, you should have been with me in 1990 when I started cooking on pellets and everybody made fun of this stuff and Really, within the last, oh, you know, probably the last 10 years, it finally has really kind of started on. You know, down at the American Royal, there were so many different pellet grill companies down there. You've seen Heartland was there out there with the pellet heads, guys. 
Woodmaster, which is a brand new group that's just come on board, was out there with the wood, uh, the pellet heads group. Uh, you had a Traeger dealer inside. You had the Green Mountain dealer a distributor inside. You had Yoders now building some pellet grills. Also, I mean, look the 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 footprint of barbecues changing. And I don't say it's going to, you know, get away from, you know, charcoal and wood and stuff, but technology's catching up. This is just like the computer age when it come along. And I think it's just phenomenal. I, you know, the three of the top six teams in the open were on, were, were using my pits or part of my pits down there. Uh, three of the teams that won categories in the invitational we wrote checks to for their first place uh, cook shack had a first hundred dollars for first place if you were if you had an fec product with you so three of the four categories we wrote checks on so i mean when you start sitting back and looking the footprint of barbecue it's it's coming now ed before we get into what happened this past weekend a little bit more in depth you know, we're almost, believe it or not, four years removed coming up on the anniversary of the Brisket Roundtable. Now, be honest. How often are you stopped in the street for autographs and getting adulation heaped on you by the barbecue fans who really loved that episode? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I do hear about it. Uh, it's, it's, and it was, you know, that, it, that was a great roundtable. There's some unbelievable information there. And... It, it, that same information still used to this day, and I, uh, we were, t- gosh, we were talking. Uh, one of the top-notch teams come down and wanted to taste my brisket at the open, and we're standing there tasting each other's brisket. And this particular individual had one of those hundred and thirty-dollar Wagyu briskets, and I had my <laughs> choice or better that was thirty-eight days aged out. And you couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was like my next question, Ed, was, you know, the thing that really strikes me about that particular roundtable is the fact that during the open, I asked everybody about this Kobe beef. And uh, I think you said you knew a rancher who was raising Wagyu cattle at that point. But everyone except for Jim Minion kind of passed it off as something that was really not worth the money or that you could do just as good with something of a, a lesser expensive cut. Fast forward four years, Wagyu beef has really gained a lot of steam in the competition scene. You look back, did you ever foresee that there would be this kind of run or success for this kind of cut of beef in, in competition barbecue? Well, I, you know, I guess when you really start looking at the guys that are using it or the guys that are really cooking hot and fast, okay, and that much more marbling in it's given them a break to be able to do that, I guess. Uh, probably probably benefits them, but I'll you know the fellow who who's leading points in brisket right now. Uh, I shouldn't probably be saying much, but <laughs> go ahead, uh, nobody's listening. <laughs> I think he's getting a giggle out of it. <laughs> so uh, I mean, we're talking with Fast Eddie Moore, and by the way, and his website pelletcooker dot com. Will actually show you the pellet grill, but you can also link over to the Cook Shack site if you're interested in the FE cookers that he has available for sale. Pelletcooker.com is the website. You know, another American Royal comes and goes. Fast Eddie's Barbecue finished 91st overall in the open portion of the contest. So you get a top 10 call with your ninth place uh, finishing chicken. 
you've been at this a long time now, Ed. You were, you know, admittedly chasing money around, you know, in the younger days for competition barbecue, flying over Hell's Half Acre and taking your meat with you and all that fun stuff. Do you still get the same excitement when you hit the stage to take that walk as you did when you first got into this? Oh, yeah, it's definitely great to get a recognition. I mean, they even had my picture on the T-shirts down there at the Royal. I, I'd like to thank them for doing that. Um, it, it was it, it just it was amazing, you know, to get to go up there and get a walk. And my chicken hasn't been that solid. That's a chicken recipe I've been dead set on sticking with for quite some time. I won't buy into cooking chicken in a pan. <laughs> and that was cooked right on the grill, man. So, uh, and it had that, it had a great flavor to it. I was, I was real happy with it, uh, to get that kind of call. But, uh, you know, I was disappointed in myself cause I blew my pork. I overcooked it. I got busy talking to some people and doing some stuff and, and forgot about the pork being on the pit and getting it off. And then I tried to, tried to salvage it on my turn in and it just wasn't going to, going to make it. So, um, you know, if I'd have had a decent pork call, I was looking at the top ten or top twenty at the worst. The way it was, if if I'd have had a just a one sixty in pork, but that's just you know the way it goes. I was really shooting to win the Legends deal down there, finished third at that. Um, I would have liked to have won the Legends thing because that was my twenty first year at cooking the Royal. Yeah, I was going to say you've been down there for quite a while, but you've you were competing at it at first just as the competitor to win, and then at some point. You decided to get into the pit making business, and you've said in past interviews at that point, you know, you wanted to make it more about the customer, make sure they were successful. Has this event now, that being the Royal, become more of a business expo for you with the cookers, or are you still able to separate out the business side and the cooking side? Oh, it's it's all business, pretty much, Greg. I mean, it's it's the never ending trade show. You know, you go do a trade show like Chicago or Florida or. California and, and the show floor is only open from like 11 to 5 so you or 10 to 10 to 5 you're out there six or seven hours on your feet talking and shaking hands and talking with people at the American Royal it's it's like it never ends anybody I, I'll tell you I one little story I it's 10 o'clock Friday night and everybody had left and I went in to take a shower and I just got undressed to get in the shower and the coach is rocking I go, what in the world is a storm come up or something? Because I got all the awnings and stuff out. So I get dressed and I go outside. And about that time, some people had jumped off the back of the coach. Some drunks had jumped onto the coach. And I, and then here come uh, Richard McPeak walking down the aisle. I end up standing outside talking to him for another 30 minutes. So by the time I get to bed, it's 1130. Ugh. You know, it's just, it's, it's, there's always somebody to talk to, always some kind of networking going on to do constantly. And that's, and that starts Thursday morning and it doesn't end till I leave there on Sunday afternoon. To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at John, J O N, at the BBQ Central Show.com. My final guest tonight founded what has turned into become the authority when it comes to all things regarding pellet cook portion. Sorry, I almost coughed. I had to hit the cough button. When it comes to all things regarding the pellet cooker portion of the industry, through their forum, they actually fielded a team this past weekend at the American Royal Invitational and uh, actually the Open and walked away with a third place overall, which is absolutely amazing. So let's go ahead and... 
race over to the hotline where we find administrator of pelletheads.com, Larry Hill, joining us here on the show. Larry, how are you tonight, buddy? Hi, Greg. How are you doing? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Larry. Thanks for coming on the show tonight making time for it. Uh, first off, Larry, I want to make a special mention on this. You know, you're the first site administrator to ever actually come on the show, so I want to thank you for doing it. But is there any reason that you could think of why some of the other site administrators out there would want to pass on an opportunity to, to come and promote their site? Why? <laughs> All I could say is that uh, it's their misconception of new media. <laughs> It's got to be, Larry. Uh, all right. So as I mentioned, uh, pelletheads.com is really the premier website and forum when it comes to anything that has to do with pellet cookers. You've done a great job getting the site and attracting a lot of great folks who add a lot of great content. So what made you want to get into this whole deal? And by that, I mean the Internet forum sector. Well, I guess I have to go back to when I first started with pellet cookers. I bought my first Traeger. Uh, about 1970, uh, correction, about 19, uh, um, oh, no, I can't say that, it's about 2004. And uh, I basically bought it and the guy knew nothing about it. He said I cooked pizzas on it. <laughs> so I gave him my $1,500 and went home and started cooking with uh, briskets and pork shoulder and ribs. And uh, I just decided that uh, soon I became a Traeger dealer and I, I wanted to uh, really have a forum that people wouldn't be in the same boat that I was when I first started, and that was that we had no clue about how to work these fantastic machines. So uh, I started Pelletheads.com with the uh, intention that we would have no sales. It would be a non-commercial site. I would support it 100% myself, and that's where it's grown. Uh, I think our big difference between most other forums that we have is uh, content. What drew you to pellets? There's a lot of different cookers out there. A lot of people love steak burners. A lot of people like the charcoal-driven cookers that you can add wood chunks to for flavor. And then, of course, there's the pellet heads. What, in particular, really excited you about the pellets versus the other fuels of cooking? Oh, the first time I cooked on one, I realized right then and there that it was the only way to go. The food that came off was just above uh, anything I've ever I'd ever cooked before, and uh, that's what made me continue to want to cook. Uh, the more I cooked, the better I got at it, and soon I started to realize that um, the time and time again I would cook the gas uh, cooker against my pellet cookers, and even using the same rubs and the same flavors, the pellet cookers just come out with a complete enhancement because you're cooking with 100% wood. And this goes clear back to the Stone Age. Now, I'm a site administrator myself, Larry. By the way, we're talking with Larry Hill, site administrator of pelletheads.com. I'm a site administrator myself. I know what it's like trying to get the site out of the water and then, you know, finally realizing that it's growing organically is really a great milestone to hit. What have been some of the biggest challenges you have faced keeping the forum up and also making sure that it stays within that vision you have set for it? Well, being an administrator, as you are, you know the challenges, but uh, the rest of the public really probably doesn't see them. I've been taken down by spammers uh, and hackers at least three times. Each time it cost me about $2,000 to get it back up. Uh, I've been uh, criticized and, and ridiculed because I won't allow dealers to advertise on my forum. 
uh, and they do it uh, sometimes rather sneakily. So it, it's a challenge to uh, keep those folks at bay. Uh, I would say that probably every day I probably reject, oh, 30 to 50 people that are trying to spam on my site. And I'll get 7 to 10 new people every day signing up. And I think that's the biggest challenge is every single day you've got to keep on top because if you let one day go by, it'll, it'll, just, it'll just cannonball. So as you peruse your information and your intelligence through the site, what do you find to be the most popular portions and sections of the website itself? Well, this last year I, I made a decision to break out all the individual cookers. Uh, as, we be, as we begin to get more and more hits, uh, I started to see that, that it was harder to find uh, content on the forum. So uh, with my moderator, Bentley uh, Meredith, we separated out uh, all of the content between different brands of cookers. And I think that is one of the things that really made a big difference because uh, people that have a Traeger don't want to read about uh, the Fast Eddie, and people that have the Fast Day don't want to read about Memphis and all the other pellet grills on the market. So they had their own little section so that they could all um, get together and talk about the issues and, and the goods and bads of their cookers and, and how they work better. Another uh, great forum, or another great thing about a forum, of course, is the fact that you can make connections with folks from all over the country, even into different countries, I mean, all over the world. Certainly, it's no different on your site, which is how this whole American Royal thing came to be. Tell us how that idea came about to go make a run at the American Royal Open Cook-Off this past weekend. Well, I think what happened is that, that we have been connecting with a lot of manufacturers. I do allow manufacturers to openly discuss their products on my forum. And I think it finally came to, came to a idea between Bentley, myself, and some manufacturers to put together a team for the Royal. Uh, so we put it together, and uh, we've got several people from the forum and people from manufacturers to supply pits, including Eddie, and uh, showed up at the Royal and, and put together a team. Uh, Bentley is an experienced cook and was the captain. And uh, his sister, Kristen Meredith, uh, is also a very experienced cook. She did the sides and the chicken. And uh, they just kind of guided the team right through the gates. So it's safe to say that the reaction from the four members to get out there was, would you say, overwhelming or even more even better than you had actually anticipated it might be initially? I think a lot of the forum people are... Uh, I think the majority of our forum, I should say, is is not competitor cookers. They're more backyard cookers. I think a few of them want to come out and try it, and that was available to them. Uh, I, I'm a competitive cooker and have been for years, and to me, I don't understand why people don't enjoy it. But after each one, when you're exhausted, you can say, I see why people don't want to do this. <laughs> So how many people from the forum actually showed up? Did you get a, a head count over the course of the couple days? I think we had, a, well, I think we had about six uh, that actually showed up, and some of those were from, from manufacturers. Uh, so it, 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 we had a few that just stopped by. Uh, it, I think next year we'll probably have a little more, um, a little more turnout because I think people are going to see that it's not as scary as they think it is. Now, during the course of the Open Cook... I mean, was there any event, even maybe leading up to the actual event itself, was there even an entertainment of thought that this team of pelletheads.com would actually end up walking away with top three overall? 
I think that our uh, moderator Bentley and Kristen had some idea that they they were good enough cooks to do that. But you you know you when you're dealing with the American Royal and you're dealing with judges, uh, it's it's difficult to tell where you'll end up. I've I've competed for many years and and won my share of of contests and and each time I shake my head and I say, what did I do different than the last one that made me better this time? This time we were lucky. Everything came together. The product was good that we turned in. We had nothing to be ashamed of, and the judges liked it. So we were successful. Larry Hillside, administrator of PelletHeads.com, joining me here on the show. Yeah, I was going to say, after the turn-ins were tasted, I mean, as a group, you have experience tasting what competition barbecue should taste like. Obviously, Bentley did too. But as a team, how did you feel about the chances after you had a chance to rate those turn-ins? And because of the size of the field, even though maybe you liked them, did you still kind of factor in that crapshoot because of the size? Of course. I think you have to always do that. I thought the product that we turned in was uh, respectable. I didn't feel that any, any, anything that we turned in wouldn't have been anything that I wouldn't have turned in on a contest. So I, was, I, I told all of the people on the site that, that uh, you know, we, we can't be ashamed of anything we turned in. We turned in good product. We turned in something that, that we could be proud of. And whether we're uh, first or whether we're 500th, we, we did a good job. And there you have it from October the 6th, 2010. I'm not going to lie. I'd love to get my hands on that very first brisket roundtable. Somewhere those shows are deep in a vault under lock and key. Do me a favor. Send Greg an email at greg at the bbqcentralshow.com. And tell him you want to hear that first 2006-2007 brisket roundtable. Hey, there's a whole lot more in this show. You can get to it over at thebbqcentralshow.com. There will be a link in the show notes to it. Take you right there to get the whole episode. While you're there, you know the drill. Subscribe to the Barbecue Central Show via podcast. Never miss an episode of this show or that show again. Thank you so much. Until next time. I'm your host, John Solberg. I look forward to talking to you again soon.